Mr. Pop. Do you want to intro the death Eliza or join it? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Well, hello, Springfield. Uh, welcome to Rock and Roll. I'm Kevin Hillier. Here's Mark Fine. Hello, Funny. G'day, Kev. How are you, mate? I'm good. Brian Mannix. Okay. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Mark. Oh, Great bloody to be hell. here. Sorry, okay. Funny, how are you, mate? Oh, what's a, a, I was getting photos of festivities out of Brian's window during the weekend. <laughs> he, was as, he was as high as a kite. Now he's as flat as a shit carter's hat. What's uh, going on? Yeah, what, uh, what's up, Mano? No, I just heard you two all bubbly oh. and vibrant, and I thought, well, let's give it a bit of contrast. So right. I'll... Uh, you know, bring the Leonard Cohen kind of voice in, oh, nice. uh, just as a contrast. So, yeah, no, what a what a great. Um, I had the night off, and um, they had the Seafire competition, which is a fireworks competition between international. And last year it was Australia versus South Africa. Don't know who wins. I suppose the Gold Coast is the winner. And um, this year it was Germany, Sweden. Versus Australia, it was, um, but it was great, you know, because last year I was down with all of the, with all of the, you know, the twenty thousand people or so that come along, and this year I was just sitting on my balcony, looking down at the riffraff all crowded <laughs> together, you know, and like, and here's here's something they put on for my enjoyment. Oh yes, uh, I can watch the fireworks. Is, it's so, it's so funny you should say that, Brian. Yeah, because I, I actually had a mate. And his missus went up to the Gold Coast for the weekend because of the fireworks. For the yeah, fireworks? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they and they said that they were on Cavill Avenue looking up at the riff. <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah. Well, I tipped a drink of water over their heads and that sorted them right out. Well, oh, they yeah, thought it was water. Yeah, well, that's that's the story I'm sticking to. Yep, yep. Um, well, let, well, I'll go back through the uh, through the week in just a tick. A couple of highlights there to mention uh, from you both. Uh, chart this week is Friday, September 17, 1971. It is a ball terror. Yes, it is. Now, I do have a complaint first before we start. The level of mm-hmm. paperwork involved in this program since Finey's new tipping competition has come in, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm back to my days of being a bloody uh, working in the shower screen company, doing the worksheets up for making the shower screens. I've got that many bloody algorithms and bloody things going on with different bits and pieces. God. Anyway, it's got a well, few working parts, but it's a ripper. It's bloody brilliant. It is bloody brilliant. And Brian Mannix, you should love it to death. I think I will. I think I do. So certainly at the first week you should love it to death. There's no doubt about that. So we'll get to the tips shortly and uh, and do the ones for the coming week. Uh, now, Mannix, a big week for you. You've been you've been mentioned a lot in dispatches. Dispatches. Yes. Well, I work mm. as you know. I work on air on a Saturday morning doing the uh, doing the sports show on uh, on Bay FM in Geelong. And oh, yes. uh, the breakfast show there uh, with uh, with Mark and Mill, they have a, a thing on a, uh, during the week uh, where you vote for your favourite flashback. So they nominate through listener responses 
They come up mm-hmm. with a theme and then they nominate uh, – listeners are asked to nominate, you know, which song fits into this category. I don't know what the category was this week. I'm not sure. But in the end, on Friday, when the voting was to be done, Mark's yes. – and it's between Mark and Millie, so it's a, it's a you know vote between those two for the songs that they get. Mark's song was Drop the Pilot by Joan Armour Trading and Mill's song was Everybody Wants to Work. Get on your mills. And guess which one won? Well, I'm thinking they're going to play the race card against me and I'd give it to Tracy Chapman. No, but, um, no. Joan Armour Trading. Um, Joan, oh, yeah, yeah. Joan Armour Trading. No, you Sorry. won apparently by a street. Oh, fantastic. A God street. The people of Geelong, they're great people and um, I had many a good time down there. And then on well, the Christian O'Connell show on uh, on goal, they, their, their topic was things that happened. Who played at your school? Oh yeah, so uh, a girl rang in from uh, a very, very, very big Catholic school in uh, in Melbourne to report that the Uncanny X Men played at her school, mm. and uh-huh. uh, and a most memorable occasion was held by had by all when Brian wow. got the blow up penis mm-hmm. and uh, and blew it up and uh, sent it out across the stage for all the good little Catholic girls and boys to see. No, that's not how it went. What happened was there was a middle bit of a song called Pakistan and I'd do this impassioned plea about, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're very serious about our music and that's the only reason we're here. We love you but we're here for the music, man. But in saying that, we've got some merchandise and then oh, so I pull out this dildo with a pump in it and I go, now this is the Uncanny X-Men perfume dispenser, girls. Imagine spraying this all over your face. Fantastic. And then there was a couple of other crude things. But then we had these red beach balls and we had this red sort of like long thing and we oh. gathered them together and it just looked like a giant cock. So I go, and let's not forget the X-Men beanbag. And I put this cock out and then I'd sit in it. You know, it was the cock being the back of the um, the brace from my back. Right. And, um, yeah, and so that's how it was used oh, in so the I show. It wasn't it, just as – I wasn't wearing it off my groin or anything no, like no, that. No, 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 no. It's it just – no, oh, no, 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 all very tasteful. Yeah, I reckon too. I might – yeah, I don't – I can't see why everyone thought that that was well, distasteful. Well, I, pre- I presented it as if I was ignorant of the fact that it even looked like a dick. Yeah. It was just like, you know, it's the X-Men beanbag and, oh, geez, isn't this comfy, girls? Oh, fantastic. I could sit in that all day. No, I can see why. You know, yeah, no, I can't see why yeah, the education yeah, yeah. department not, would have kicked up a stick. And I, no. And all that. All that good money spent by your family on Catholic on a Catholic upbringing. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon Madden says everybody that graduates from St Bernard's graduates with a chip on both shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I don't think he's far wrong. I don't think he is either. Uh, now, funny. Uh, oh God, the amount of people who uh, talked to me about you on the weekend was unbelievable too. I went into uh, I went into a little stint on Three AW, and God, they love you in there. Oh. I- well, they don't know me very well. well <laughs> I mean, no, no, they do. They, I mean, and I believe you're I mean, going back in again soon to do a little stint with Tony yeah, Moakley yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, I've just, you know, I've just said uh, I would have gone in the last couple of weeks, except Nat got her legs done, her varicose veins, and so I've been sort of um, sailing solo around the world in the deli. But yeah, I, I mean, Tony Mulcair, he is a very intelligent. Now, no, he's see, a good fella. See, I think overnight radio is important. A lot of people listen to it, rely on it. it it's, of course, it doesn't have the uh, listenership 
that the rest of the day does, but a lot of people listen to it as a voice, you know, as as the only voice in the house or in the in the flat or oh, in the accommodation. Incredibly amount of lonely important. people who listen to not just lo- you know, but people who are not lonely but on their own. Um, that that's yeah. that's their that's their conduit of civilization in many ways. Correct, and and I even felt that not doing overnights but doing evenings. It's very it, it serves a very um, important role in the community. And, no, and, I agree. You know, SEN basically blew up evening radio. They couldn't care less about it. But I'm pleased to see that. 3AW take it with some seriousness, and of course the ABC do, and yeah. they do a great job. Rod Quinn, and so you got guys like Mulcair and Quinn. They're very good to listen yeah. to, and they're very interesting and compassionate. And they've they take advantage also of the fact that with time differences, you can get great, you can get interviews with people in the states and England that you can't get during the day, and you can sometimes, you know, you can really speak to some. Big big names overnight that you never would during the day. Yeah, no, it's very very true. No, Tony McClure is a very talented man and uh, a, a good a good bloke to, to boot. Good bloke to boot. Yeah. Now, a uh, few things going on around the place. I wanted to talk about one. I wanted to ask you about uh, in particular, Finey, but. Uh, Looks like, uh, if I'm reading social media, which uh, I'm not reading it. No, I can tell you it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. no, but if I'm reading the people who are posting on social media from uh, no. positions of power I, who know what they're doing. No, no, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I spoke about this six months ago and you guys didn't believe me. Right. Ange well, Postacoglu. No what we're talking about. Ange yeah. Postacoglu no, no. looks like he might be the that is a ma- fact. manager of Spurs. That is confirmed. Two-year deal will be signed while we sleep tonight. Really? Time. 100%. I'm, del- yeah, I'm a Spurs man. I'm delighted with that news. Well, I've got a, a mate who's a Spurs fan. Being a West Ham supporter, I am born to hate Tottenham. Fair enough. Um, and I've always hated Tottenham. Fair enough. You know, no, they play at no heart lane. Yeah. They are a horrible pack of underachievers. Right. Anyhow, but I... You know, when I started at SEM with Gilbo on the weekend, we came in after Ange and Wadey had a show. Oh, wow. There you go. Now, I used to speak to Ange, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost certain he's a Collingwood supporter. Yeah, no, I think that's right. That is right because I've I've seen him on the front bar when he was on with Santo Chilaro talking about Collingwood. Yeah, because we talked a lot of of footy, we talked soccer, we talked, you know, and this is before he, he... launched his managerial prowess at any level. It was sort of post-South Melbourne days, yep. you know. Um, and then whenever I ran into Ange over the next decade, um, the lovely bloke that he is, you know, and this was as Melbourne Victory coach and even as coach of Australia, you know, if I ever saw him, and I've seen him, I saw him a few times at different places. He always came up and said g'day. Always asked how Gilbo was going. Oh, good. Um, I got no doubt that if I crossed paths with him in London, where I will be at the end of the year, not that I'm likely to cross paths with him, he'd call out from across the street, "Finey, how are you going?" You yeah. Know? Oh no, that's good. So good to I've know. always, so I've always followed his teams, whether it was in Japan or. Obviously, Celtic, and I'm just—he's a magnificent manager, coach, 
And Tottenham could be in if they can get a bit of support from Levy or whatever his name is. Yep. Um, they could be in for a, a steep improvement. Yep, I reckon he's exactly what they need. He's gonna he's gonna take uh, the the self importance out of them, make them think more about being a team and playing for each other, and not for their multi 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 million dollar checks and all that sort of stuff, and stop believing their own bullshit. And I reckon I reckon he'll be terrific yep. for them. I'm really yep. excited about that. I mean, it'd be great. But isn't it amazing for an Australian to be not only a Premier League coach, but a coach for one of the big six? Oh, that yeah. Is, enormous. Which Tottenham is. I mean, there's no doubt they're considered one of the big six. So oh, yeah. It's, a, it's huge. It's, you know, it's amazing that he's it, – it's just a, a magnificent effort. Yep, and done and done completely and utterly on, uh, on his ability and his talent, not on who he knows, on what, any of that stuff, because oh, he's, yeah. he's done it the hard way, he's done the hard yards, and bloody good on him, I reckon it's fantastic. The, uh, the A-League grand just, final wasn't fantastic, unless you're a Mariner supporter. That was a bit of a one-sided affair, which surprised the out of everyone. I'm not involved. Oh, it was good. It was a 6-1 win for Mariners. It was a yeah, ma- massive, is, massive win. Is that, was that the score that Melbourne beat? Adelaide. Adelaide. Did they score Adelaide or was it 6-0? I, I don't reckon I don't reckon Adelaide did, but and if they did, I reckon it might have actually even been 7-1. No, no, it was 6. Was it 6? I was the, I was the ground in it. Archie got 5, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. I'm pretty sure I know who got the other one. Was it the big tall bloke? No, I reckon it was Sarkis. Oh, yeah, 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 Christian Sarkis. Yeah, from a dead ball, from yeah. a free kick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you, uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure if it was the exact same score, don't know, but um, good on them. Well done. Yeah. And the uh, the FA Cup was a 2-1 win to Man City. No great yeah. surprise there. Over Man U. Over Man U. Mm. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't a great game by any stretch of the imagination. I watched it and it was... Pretty interesting because I'd just come off the back of the doggies losing to the cats. So, oh, it's in a wonderful mm. mood by that stage. No, there's some good footy to talk about. And we'll get to that uh, shortly. The other thing I want to ask you about, uh, Finey, I don't know if you saw this today, but as of October 2024, racing in Singapore is no longer. No, what happened to it? Horse racing in Singapore is going to cease. They were thinking it was going to be 2026. Well, apparently the government is, uh, I think I'm right in saying this, the government is taking over um, the, uh, is it Crunchy, pronounced Crunchy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. uh, Taking over that precinct and uh, re, re, you know, working it into, I'm assuming probably housing and something, but there will no longer be a racetrack there. So without the racetrack, there's no racing in Singapore. Gone. That's amazing. I mean, that just shows how precious land is in tiny Singapore. Yeah, it's um, yeah. it's it's yeah, that's you know, amazing. Yeah, and I mean, we've had great success with Aussies over there of recent years. Vlad Jurek and a few other jockeys have yeah. uh, have made uh, big inroads over there. I think Blake Shin was there for a little while. They've been. It's a relevant racing venue. Yes. Yeah. And they're not you know, I've been in Singapore. I've been in Singapore. I don't need to. I was there recently. I don't need to tell you they. Love a punt. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the other thing too. It, it, it generates an enormous amount of um, revenue, So, but maybe obviously the, the pressing need for whatever they've, they're going to use it for is yep. above and beyond that. Righto, Mr. Mannix, let's have a look at the footy tips. Here's your, here's your moment of glory. 
Oh, I can't remember who I tipped last week. Uh, Can't you? um, All right. Perhaps you could fill us in. Let me run you through it, Brian. You tipped Mm -hmm. Melbourne, Port, Collingwood, Geelong, Gold Coast, Richmond and Essendon. So how many did I get right, Kev? Uh, Well, I'll just go through them again. Melbourne, Port, Collingwood, Geelong, Gold Coast, Richmond, Essendon. Did they all win, Brian? I believe they did, Kev. Yes, they did, Brian. just, Just to refresh my memory. So that would mean I got seven out of seven. That would be correct, Brian. Mm. No, no, no. Um, I know you're overwhelmed by that statistic. I don't think you've got seven at any other stage during the year until this week. Yeah, but no, you got no, nine early. I got nine in round two. All right, you got nine early doors, but uh, seven out of seven, a perfect score for the weekend. Congratulations, well done. Thank you. Five for Finey and four for that other Dunder Clumpen who's involved in this. Also, where does that leave us? Uh, so on the, uh, on the traditional... Uh, the traditional uh, chart, yes. Yes. Uh, Brian Mannix uh, is still well behind, though. Finey's on 77. Hmm. I'm on 67, so I've dropped one down to a 10 gap. And, uh, Brian, you've jumped up to 65. So I'm two behind you now. Two behind me now, yes. So game on. Game on for the Quinella. <laughs> yes. Yes, right. yes, it is. Oh, hang on. You may die in the arse at some stage, you know, fine. Don't uh, count your chickens yet. Yeah, chicken yeah, they're, counter. They're, they're counted. Oh, they're counted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, in the finey uh, tipping, the uh, fabulous Lenny's Fine Foods SP competition, Interesting. Yes. Now, the maximum you could get if all the roughies got up, if all the above the, uh, you know, five got up, you mm-hmm. could score 50 points. And that's the most right. you could get for the weekend. Well, so, that Brian scored 50. No, he didn't. No. The most, because of my picks, I think the most I could get was 38, which was much more than the most well, you the most, could get. Well, the most I could get was 28, the most Finey could get was 22, and the most Brian could get was 38. So let's mm-hmm. have a look at how the report cards come in. Scoring 14 out of 22, which is pretty good when you think about it, is Mark Fine. Yes. Scoring 22 out of 38, Brian Maddox. Mm -hmm. Scoring 12 out of 28. (laughs) That other dunderclumpin who's involved in this. So in the the, uh, Lenny's Fine Foods SP competition, the leader is... Brian Mannix on 22. Yeah. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> Followed by Finey on 14 and me on 12. Yep, that's how it works. Oh, it's a list. great competition, Finey. It's so fantastic. F- five winners for Finey, yet he only gets 14 points. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. It's good. Now how, many, got... how many winners did I get in that one? Oh, in that yeah, one. Hang on, I'll go back to yeah. this uh, piece of paper. In the Finey's. You, you missed on two. Yeah. You, you, had the, you had the whack at Carlton and the whack at the West Coast. So I got five. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you, you had the whack at the the two the two ones that were going to if they'd got up would have you know catapulted you into almost unreachable no. territory. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, it's a good game. It's yeah. Great. I love it. I, I'm a, as shit house as I went. I actually really like it. I was talking to someone about it on the weekend and explaining it, and they went, "That's bloody genius." And I said, "Well, I'll tell Fanny that you said that because." It's. They said we could do with that at work because it'd make it more interesting than these dickheads who just, you know, get in front and then play safe for the rest of the year. Yeah, and tricks. you can't catch them. Well, the problem is you tip, you tip something. You tip something like Gold Coast or whatever. 
but you only get the one point for it. It doesn't seem fair. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit out of whack. So there's mm. eight games this weekend. Still, yep. still not nine, but eight games this weekend. Starts Thursday and goes through until Monday. But just a quick yes. wrap of um, uh, the footy news. Uh, I haven't seen uh, – I'm assuming that Jordan degoe has gone straight to the tribunal and I'll uh, uh, hang him by his short and curlies in the middle of uh, Burke, the Burke Street Mall by the end of the week? Yeah, something like that. He'll get two weeks probably. Well, if you look at a couple of the others that have been earlier in the year, that's probably about what it, what it deserves and what it'll get. Yep. Uh, outside yeah. of that, there really was – it was a pretty uh, – I, I actually watched the, the Doggies and Geelong – I thought it was the best game I'd seen all year in terms of a, a, a spectacle. It had, you know, it was quick and fast and scores and lots of physical act, action in it as well. It was a really good game of footy. Um, we just weren't quite good enough and they were better. So um, good on them. There you go. Uh, Essendon, a very close tussle with North Melbourne. GWS and no. Richmond was a pretty close game. No, four points. I would have, didn't I pick GWS? I think I did. Yeah, you and I both yeah. did. Um, uh, Gold Coast um, continue to show, but mind you, that is up in um, TIO Stadium, so it's a little bit different. Uh, West Coast, my God, could they get worse? Um, <laughs> Port Adelaide and Hawthorne and uh, Melbourne. Melbourne and Carlton. God, that was an awful game of football. Halfway through the third quarter, you know what I was thinking? That you wanted to go and do anything else but what sit and watch that? I actually thought to myself, you know what? The AFL have to stop this virtue signalling. I don't really care about all the causes that they're behind. Well, actually, I care about the causes. I don't care about them getting behind the causes. Yeah, I don't good, well put. I don't care what the AFL has to say about the voice to parliament. I mean, I have my own opinion, but I don't care for the AFL to get involved because they put their heads so far up their fundamental orifice, they couldn't <laughs> they, they obviously can't see what a disgraceful state the the footy's in. I mean, the ladder is brilliant. The ladder, apart from Tearaway Collingwood, is as interesting as it's been in years. There are teams like Gold Coast and heavily involved and it's actually very interesting. But the football being played halfway through the third quarter on a perfect night in Melbourne, six goals to three, Carlton's got the two best key forwards in the comp probably in tandem, Mackay and Kurnow, and they've got three goals on the board. Something's rotten in Denmark and the AFL wouldn't know it because they're too busy, you know, plucking plucking hairs off their testicles and manscaping themselves. (laughs) So... Michael Voss is definitely on coach alert. He's definitely Pardon? he's definitely on what? Sorry. I didn't hear coach what you said. What did you say? Michael Voss is definitely on coach alert. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. He's been on coach alert with me since he got the job. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's fine. He's personal one. Um, uh, there's so much other shit, as per usual, going on at Carlton. Um, with, you know, the President's um, got all this uh, off-football stuff going on with PwC, that he's a company that he's involved with. Uh, a board member has a crack at a player in the rooms after, what, two weeks ago after a game, then he that board member resigns. Um, then 
uh, all those machina- all those things that are going on at that football club, I'm not sure they need a, another big destabilising thing like sacking the coach. And the other question that I would ask, who the hell replaces him? Well, that's true. They're not falling um, out of trees, coaches. Just out of interest. I mean, I mean Sawyer was the, was in charge of PwC, Price Waterhouse Cooper, is it? I, he was a manager. I'm not sure what his actual title was. Whether he was, no, he was, he was the number one. Was man. he the CEO? Was he okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, they've leaked confidential government information. Not him personally, but the organisation has leaked confidential government information. And now there's to, a, a list being handed by PwC this afternoon of all the people who are involved within their yeah, organisation. Yeah. I haven't seen who's on that. You know, they've leaked information contrary to the laws of the land so stakeholders and clients could make beneficial tax decisions. Is that correct? I, I, so, I'll be honest and say I don't know. Yeah, I believe that's the case. And yep. Sawyers was in charge of the organisation at the time. And people are saying whether that means given the illegality of the whole situation, not necessarily his behavior, his role in it, but given the illegality and the fact that the AFP are involved, asking whether that is commensurate with somebody holding the position of... Um, President of the football head, club, yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the, the President of... Well, I would have thought of Carlton. That makes him underqualified. <laughs> what? What's wrong coming with after the... El- Elliot? Coming after Elliot and Harris <laughs> and various others. <laughs> and, and, and have you heard who they suggest might replace him as president? Yeah. No. Well, somebody perfectly suited to the job, Michael Fitzpatrick. Who? Sorry. Mike Fitzpatrick. Oh, okay. Look, look. what Mike does with Patrick is that between them, it's none of our business. Now, who do you think would be a good president? I know who I think would do a great job. He would make Carlton great again. Carlton would kick goals like the world has never seen him kick before. Actually, Bruce Matheson could probably get him. We'll win and we'll win big. (laughs) Matheson could probably get Donald Trump. We'll get sick of winning. He'll be tired of winning. I mean, that would be, he would would literally, Donald Trump as president of Carlton, they would say, well, you know, you've lost four games in a row, fake news. (laughs) (laughs) Fake news. We're going to have great defence. The the results, but the latter, fake news. And then those results, those results were tampered with. We were umpiring. We will not be leaking any goals anymore. I'm building a wall across the 50-metre arc. They won't be able to get in, and if they do get in, we'll deport them. (laughs) Yes, nothing would surprise. What's wrong with the the board member yelling or giving a bit of shit to one of the players? Are they so sensitive that they can't take criticism? Oh, that's that's inappropriate for a board member to have a crack at a player. Might be. 
I it might be inappropriate, but not worth resigning over, for God's sake. Oh, uh, well, I think it's. Would uh, you really? Would you really like somebody at your club walking in, having a go at a player, saying, "My father donates money, donates millions to this club"? Put your finger out. Yeah, it's it was crazy. It's it's. Hang on, I Bruce Matheson. Like so it, it was Craig Matheson. I don't think I'd like it, but if I was playing shit house, I think that you know that comes with the territory. I. You know, he's part of the club. Well, surely he can make a comment. And, you know, probably did it the wrong way and stuff, but he might be very talented and a valuable member to the board. But because, oh, he yelled at somebody, well, he better resign or we no, better I, I, that I, 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 don't, I don't think it's appropriate for board members. Uh, to be honest, I reckon board members should shut the, you know, what up about football, uh, most of them. Yeah, um, well, they're not on. They're I, not on the board for their football acumen and, and, uh, and they should remember that sometimes. It's a passionate game. He's the board member. He's, you know, he obviously loves the club and he's got to be carried away. But really, he's got to resign. Wow, that's. I think he was. I reckon he was resigning anyway, and he went into the he went into the rooms after the game and had a go. I'll tell you this. You know what I think? What? The way the way his family makes their money, he can go himself. (laughs) What 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 does he do for a living? Bruce Matheson. Oh, he's, well, yeah. What is he? I know the name, but, you know. They're the poker he machine. Owns more, he owns more, more poker machines than any private individual. Seriously. Yeah, that's no, bad. Slaughtered the music industry. Yeah, it did. No, he can go f*** himself. <laughs> there you go. There I'm you on go, board. Brian. I'm on board. It didn't take, didn't take much. You knew exactly which button to push, Finey. Well done. Finey, uh, there, there are times, Finey, when I think you should have been a politician uh, or, or would have made a very good politician because you just know which button to push and, and the little manix doll goes, <laughs> Oh, no, but we both believe it. I reckon you might too, Kevin. I think I'm not saying – I'm not – I actually – I actually don't mind the Whitlands, but I do love that song, Blow Up the Pages. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the footy tips, and then we'll get to the death Eliza, and there's a few in there that made me sad. <laughs> um, so we've got eight games. So well, I've we- got a bit of feedback. Was it last week we spoke about Rolf? Yes. Uh, no, it was – yeah, it might have been last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually had somebody come in the shop suggested I might have gone a bit too far. Speaking about who? Yeah, about Rolf, you know, about Oh, Rolf. Oh, okay. About his memory. So I said, look, with that with that in mind, and I know that the person's listening, I just want to publicly say, I didn't go far enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give I was trying to give the discussion of Rolf some balance, but there was no balance. <laughs> no. There was uh, no balance. No. This was not a balancing act. No, uh, it was all over the shop. All right, let's get to the games. So, uh, and I've got to write down the three names here. And firstly, You've got like nineteen columns now. I've got I've got seventeen different pieces of paper. It's it's it's, yeah. but it's good. I'm happy. You did a good job there. Yeah. All right. So let's go. First up, Sydney and St Kilda Thursday night. Uh, at the SCG, now we'll just do your normal tip first, then I'll give you the point spread. So uh, a winner uh, between Sydney and St Kilda, Brian, at the uh, SCG. St Kilda coming off a bye, teams go a bit bad if they come off a bye traditionally. And, off a bye as well. Oh, well, that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but, but SCG, 
Sydney, they've got to give them three goals advantage. So for me, that'll do that. The, the home ground advantage of three goals and crooked umpires will see Sydney just get over the line. St Kilda for you, Finey, or are you going with your earlier season theory of uh, tipping the opposition and your mob wins? I'm going to go for St Kilda. St Kilda to win that one. I'm not convinced about Sydney, but I I have to agree with Brian, and that's 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 what a long bow I'm drawing there. I think they'll win that because it is in Sydney. Western Bulldogs play Port Adelaide Marvel Stadium Friday night. Are oh, we doing the point? Are doing? Are we doing the? No, other? no, we'll do we'll do. Oh, hang on, yeah. Okay. However no, you want to do. No, it. sorry, no, you're right. We should do it that way. All right, now St Kilda and Sydney in the uh, in the finey one. Sydney, yes. Sydney, you get three points. St Kilda, you get seven. I'm going to stick with Sydney and take the three. Brian? I'll take the seven from St Kilda. Seven from the Saints. Hang on. I need a piece. Ah, here we go. Right. Uh, So seven for Brian. What are you going, Finey? Well, if I tip them for a point, I'll tip them for seven. So you're going with St Kilda. All right. Western Bulldogs take on Port Adelaide. I'm obviously going for the Doggies to win that one. Brian? Uh, I think... Uh, Port are on fire, um, even though it's over here. Port Adelaide for me in the traditional tipping contest. And uh, Finey? Port Adelaide. Okay. Now, uh, the Bulldogs will get you six points, so obviously we'll be going for the six points for the Bulldogs. Port Adelaide will get you four points. Brian, which are you choosing? I'll take the six points from the Bulldogs. Thank okay. you. He loves the value. He's, <laughs> he's a sucker for the value, isn't he? <laughs> no, I think it's a close game. I, I, I think the Bulldogs, they've got the <laughs> He loves it. You know. He can't resist it. Fair dinkum, you must I walk past. I think Porter a better team. You so. must walk past those friggin' shops at the Gold Coast that have, you know, four for $2 and then they'll, they'll make it five for 2 and go, yeah, no, I'll get them. You don't even want one, but you'll buy them because they're five for $2. That's right. Okay, Finey, uh, the six points for the Bulldogs or the four points for Adelaide? Uh, stick with Port. Port. Going for the four points with Port Adelaide. Okay. Uh, Hawthorne will play Brisbane at the MCG on Saturday afternoon. I think Brisbane will win this. Brian? Brisbane for me. Thanks, Kev. Finey? Brisbane, but now now dangle the carrot in front. I'm dangling oh, the carrot. Here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. So if Hawthorne win, Brian, you get eight if Brisbane win, you only get two. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Hawthorne was stiff last week. Didn't they go pretty close to winning? Well, they played the no. last, the third and fourth quarter they played well. Didn't they catch up really good? Yeah, they were 90 points down at yeah. half time. <laughs> and what did they finish up? Uh, lost by 40. 35. Yeah, something like that. So they know. won the second half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for eight points, let's give me some of that. <laughs> Give Brian some of that eight points, okay? Finey, uh, I'm assuming you, like me, are being sensible and going for Brisbane. Yeah, I'll stick with Brisbane. Yeah, take the two. Adelaide uh, are at home to – oh, here we go, talk of carrots. Adelaide are at home to the West Coast Eagles. Now, I'm pretty sure it'll be Adelaide all round for everybody, boys. Am I right saying that? Yes. Yep. Okay, now let's go carrot dangling. And as we dangle in front of you, Brian, one for Adelaide and nine for the West Coast Eagles. I think they just got another injury, didn't they? They only didn't they have it only, like, only two on the bench. I don't <laughs> even think so they had two. Injuries. I think they had one by the about halfway through the first quarter. 
Yeah, and what? Were they going to get six players back this week? I doubt it. So, no, I'll just stick with the one point on this oh, one. You'll take the one point. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just oh. – uh, even at nine points, it's 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 not enough. Actually, only losing one, but I'm gaining nine. Mm. Nah, f- it. Let's go West Coast. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. God, I'm glad I'm not in a punter's syndicate with you, Mannix. Um, (laughs) Because the week we'd win would be fantastic. The next week we'd be at the poorhouse forever. Finally, I'm assuming you're going Adelaide. Yeah. I was going to do that one (laughs) 10-0. Yeah, well, you just about could, I reckon. Uh, Frio, take on Richmond. This will be at Optus Stadium in Perth on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Traditionally, I'm going Frio. Finey. Frio. Brian. Frio. Okay. Carrot dangling time, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys of all ages. Fremantle will get you three. Richmond will get you seven. I'm having a bit of that seven. I'm going to have a bit of that seven, said Mm. Kevin. What do you say, Brian? Go, Tigers. Bit of that seven for Brian too. What about you, Finey? I'll stick with Frio. Three for Finey. All right. North Melbourne could be the difference between winning and losing in this competition. They take on GWS Blundstone Arena. So it's down in Tassie at 3.20 on Sunday afternoon. Uh, GWS are not a great team by any stretch, but I think they'll beat North Melbourne down there. Finding Interesting game, Matt. Yeah, it is. I'm going to go for North. This is traditional tip for you, Brian. North Melbourne or GWS yeah. in Tassie? I'm going. I'm going the same. North. North. Okay. They were, look, they, they. Look, I don't know how well we played last week. I don't think we played well against West Coast either. But you know, they they really took it to us. They looked yep. hungry. They looked like they wanted to win. And down there, you know, they might just um, well cause an upset. Well, you can take six points if North Melbourne get up or four points if GWS. So, Brian, is that a big enough carrot to dangle in front of you for your stay with North? Well, if I'm going to take him for one point, I think I'll take him for six. Right. Finey? Yep, same logic. North, North Melbourne? Okay. No, I'm going to stick with GWS. I'll take the four. Carlton play Essendon. Carlton play Essendon at uh, the MCG Sunday. It's a Sunday night game. Oh, okay. It's uh, a long weekend. Yeah, I know it's a long weekend, but Sunday night, 7.15. Um, King's birthday, perhaps. Yes, well, no, it, it is the King's birthday. Yes, it is. Uh, mm. Carlton take on Essendon. I've not done this, I don't think, all year. I'm going to pick Essendon. Mm. Um, I just don't like Essendon. I suppose, Brian, you're going Essendon? Well, as my friend Daryl would call them, I'll go the filth. You're not going for the filth. Essendon is the filth. Oh, sorry. Of course, he's a Carlton supporter. And they're the scum, aren't they? Oh, Essendon are the filth, according to him. He never calls them Essendon. But don't you call call Carlton the scum? No, I don't, actually. Oh, okay. call them a a keen group of competitors. All right. Uh, Finey. I'm going for Carlton. Bitch. Testing. (laughs) Testing. Are we on? Um, What? Yeah, I'm going for Carlton. Okay. Right, so let's go to the carrot dangling, and uh, you can get six for Carlton and four for Essendon. I'm going to have a bit of the Carlton six. 
You can stick your carrot and carrot right up your lemonade. And stuff, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so four for Brian for Essendon, and you're sticking with the six there, Fanny. I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. And uh, the Queen King oh, Queen's birthday. Jeez, I did it again. The King's birthday weekend match, of course, for the Big Freeze Nine. I'm wearing the beanie. Uh, and uh, Melbourne gets you six. Collingwood gets you four. Jeez, I almost thought you might have split that one. Though Melbourne are not did not play well on Friday night, I must admit. Um, I think Collingwood's going to win. So I'll put Collingwood down here. We'll do the traditional one first, Collingwood. Uh, Finey? I'm going to go for Melbourne. Melbourne. And Mr Mannix? Uh, Collingwood, they seem to rely on too few players, Melbourne. I didn't think that. Petrarca was terrific the other night, but and Gorn came good. But mm. I didn't think any of them were particularly good. There's a lot of skill errors from both clubs. Um, no, nah, I don't reckon they had much chop at all. So they can go root themselves with Bill Matheson. And um, we'll go Bruce. for yeah, and he's And he's to do with Collingwood, you know, with Carlton anyway. So um, Yeah, well, they can go f- himself twice. <laughs> and, um, it doesn't matter what club he goes to. He can just uh, – There you go, f- Himself twice. He can GFH at any oh, time. The poker machine. Go f- yourself three times. Now look, prick. just give me. Now I'm going to dangle the carrots now. So you get six for Melbourne, four for Collingwood. I'm sticking with Collingwood. I'll take the four. Mr. Mannix. Colling- Collingwood for both. Are oh, you going Collingwood for both? So you're taking the four. Okay. Finey, Melbourne. Melbourne. Both okay. Yeah. All right. So looking at this 18, 21, 22, 24, 28. 35 is the most you can get, Mr. Fine, if if you pick a, a yep. perfect score. Mr. Yep. Mannix, oh, God, I'm going to need a calculator, an abacus, and Barry Jones. Uh, 21, to 21, and, oh, that's 30, 37, 43, 51. All right. I thought you could only get possible 50. Oh, uh, that no, was no. last week. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. And uh, 9, 11, 12, so 19, 23, 33 is the most I can get if mine get up. See, I don't think you guys know how to play this new version of the game. Well, why, why don't you wait until uh, next Monday uh, when we uh, discuss – well, what time is the game next Monday? It's a day time. I reckon even if, even if all of your sure things get in, you know, you get your twos and your threes – yeah. I'm probably still up enough from last week to hold you off. Oh, you probably are. You're on uh, – what are you on? So, and all I've got to do is pull off one roughie and I'll probably save his houses. So go f*** yourselves with Bruce Matheson. He's probably a lovely bloke, I don't know. But he did ruin the rock and roll industry and a lot of people's lives. Righto, move on, will you? <laughs> I, I – I just want to say that these are, these are my opinions and not the of the show, and they are just that opinions with no basis to. Do you want to jo- do you want to intro the Deathalizer or join it, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen? Oh, let's get ready for the Deathalizer. Let's get ready Woo. to decompose. Let's get ready to decompose. No, that's... Here's the death <laughs> All right. Uh, the first one's a horse. Ashes to ashes. Just <laughs> to death. Let's 
live at Festival Hall. They'll be hanging from the rafters before we bury them. Thank you. Um, uh, Fiorente turned 15 and, and died, unfortunately, the 2013 <laughs> Melbourne <laughs> Cup winner. Well, I don't think he turned 15 and died. He was 15, so pretty yep. fair life for a very good horse. Mac Gudgeon, a screen Australian screenwriter who wrote uh, some of uh, finest work. He died at the age of seventy-four. Could you tell us about some of his fine work, please, Kevin? Uh, now I didn't write it down on the piece of paper, so I don't know. But I did mm. write him down in there, and I just realised I haven't filled the rest of it out, so I didn't put what, what he written. But he was a, a very, very award-winning screenwriter. Oh, what a great googling for Christ's is, sake! This has uh, been for uh, what's his name again, Kevin? Mac Gudgeon. Matt he did. He did a lot. I know he did a lot of telly series, but he did a couple of big, good films too. I reckon it's a name that you would have seen on Division Four or. Oh, something I think like he that. did all those things back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now one oh, of one on of the you. great songwriting partnerships of all time, up there with Hal David and Bert Bacharach, and uh, those was Barry Mann and Cynthia Wall, who uh, were a husband and wife team. She passed away this week at the age of eighty-two. She was the lyricist. You've lost that love and feeling on Broadway. We've got to get out of this place. Here you come again. Don't know much. It's not easy. Make your own kind of music. Massive, massive body of work. Wow. Um, That's great. They're all great songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, You've Lost That Love and Feeling, obviously, was one of the the bit. But on Broadway's good song. We've got to get out of this place. Yeah, I didn't think of. Massive song. It sounded to me like a. A bloke wrote it, you know. It's about Vietnam. I always thought, oh, it's not really. Well, it was. It was adopted to be used. that. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. So uh, Cynthia. Oh, that's that's Cynth- very sad. And Cynthia passed away at the age of eighty-two. Well, thank you, Cynthia, for all the great music yeah, you brought us. Absolutely. And the other one, which only happened today, at the age of ninety-two, Barry Newman passed away. Yeah. Uh, known for the nineteen seventy-one film Vanishing Point, and then of course he was Petrocelli. In the uh, in the television series Petrocelli, and very good in that. Just trying to think of Petrocelli. I remember the name. I know if I saw him, I'd go, "Oh, that craggy, guy. craggy kind of pock faced actor." Um, uh, yeah, Petrocelli. I mean, that was he lived in a he. You know, it was that time when all those TV detectives they all that quirky living arrangement. Jim Rockford lived in a caravan. Yeah. Yeah. Petrocelli was building a house. That's right. It was permanently a- permanently uh, renovating, wasn't he? Yeah, sort of lived in a little – what's his name? Lived on a boat. Quincy lived on a boat. That's right. Yeah, yeah Beretta yeah. had the little dancing cockatoo. Oh, Robert Blake, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tanner lived in a garage. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they, they all yeah, live in all. crazy places. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Barry Newman died at the age of 92. Where did Mannix well, live? Mannix? I think he yeah. lived in an apartment. <sighs> I, I think he lived a bit in a joint a bit like mine. Don't think he had the yeah. same views. No, he didn't live me. in a brothel. Good old well, Mannix. He spent, spent a lot of his money there. He was good, <laughs> Mannix. Mannix used to get shot in the shoulder, I reckon, nearly every episode. He'd always get beat <laughs> up. He, he was just – it was a very violent show and he used to – she used to comedy. They'd throw him out of a car. They'd shoot him in the shoulder. It was always just a flesh wound. That oh, was Mike Connors, wasn't wound. it? It was the actor who played that. That was yeah. Mike Connors. And his, yeah. his hair was, was always in, perfect, though. Was it set in San Francisco? Um, I reckon it was. 
Yeah, I reckon so you're that's right. That's why it might have looked like an apartment because it's one of those tall San Francisco houses. Because there was the episode where he went blind and somebody was coming to kill him. So he had to learn how because the guy was going to come to him. So you have all your lights turned off. So you fight them in the dark. <laughs> then you're on an equal playing field. And of course, at the end of the episode, it's a rip off from some movie, I think. But I always remember that episode where Mike. Yeah, uh, Joe Mannix, he was blind, yeah. probably a bullet wound to the face, which was just a flesh wound. But, um, yeah, yeah, good on him. No, I've just checked it up. Starting in season two, Mannix lives and works in West Los Angeles. Oh, in a mixed, LA. In a mixed-use development called Paseo Verde. Okay. Uh, what's there a mixed-use development? Yeah, Is that know. something? No, a mixed Mixed-use. Was he above? Was thought. he above? Like living above a a, a deli or something? Didn't, yeah, one, of, something didn't like one of them live above a deli or something like that too? One of those that ones. Number, that was number ninety six. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah Zeldo and um, Arnold Fez downstairs. That's right. <laughs> Jeff, um, and, was and, Petra Kelly a private dick or was he a cop? No, he's a private. Yeah, dick. Um, I think they were all private investigators, weren't they? Except for Kojak. No, he was. Who loves you, baby? Yeah, Kojak yeah. was a cop. I think Beretta was a private investigator. Starsky and Hutch were cops. Patrick Kelly was a very fast half-forward flanker. <laughs> oh, where did Starsky and Hutch <laughs> yes. live? Where did Starsky and Hutch live? Uh, well, they lived together. <laughs> oh, let's not start that. Um, goodness me! All right. Did you see that? Did you see the follow-up to Starsky and Hutch? It's uh, called Starsky Loves Hutch after um, Charchi Loves Jody. Oh, no, yeah, really? terrific show. Oh, was, they stopped fighting crime and just settled down together and bought some antique furniture and had a lovely life. Uh, and, and the yeah, that, was, that, that was Starsky in Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> that was the third series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the chart. Friday, September 17, 1971, the 2SM Music Top 40 Survey. Uh, and at number 10 was Dragging the Line by Tommy James. Good song. Number nine, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by the Bee Gees. Number eight, Never Ending Song of Love by Delaney and Bonnie and Friends. Seven, It's Too Late by Carol King. F- uh, six, Love is a Beautiful Song by Dave Mills. Five, Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Four, He's Gonna Step on You Again by John Congress. Number three, LA International Airport, Susan Ray. Number two, I Don't Know How to Love Him by Helen Reddy. And the, only, the real stinker, number one, Daddy Cool by Drummond. Mm. Mm. Says like the chipmunks. Ooh. And it was um, who was in that? Now that had a couple of notable Australian musicians who played on that song, who I think we've had on Life of Brian too, from memory. Talking about it, um, yeah, I can't. Man, I've, yeah, it's gone completely guy, out of my I head now. Him. All right, so good and bad. I've gone with a di- different theme, and I'll unveil that when we get to my turn. But finally, you're starting us. This well, is I just a- want to go on record as saying I will not sit back again and hear Kevin disparage LA International Airport because he's done it enough times. I mean, we know he hates the song. Stick around, Finey. <laughs> Here we go again. Stick poor around. Old LA, poor old LA International Susan Airport. Susan Ray. Susan, Susan, Susan. Anyway. I thought, I thought that. Can't you leave her alone just nah, once? No, nah, no, nah. She's in a special category tonight. All right. My number three bad. Yep. So 
So my three good songs, look, there are absolute classics on this chart. Oh. So I've, I've taken a, a, a wider berth and I've gone for three songs that you wouldn't necessarily – that you could easily not have them in my top three. If, you know, if you pinned me to a wall and said, what are the three best songs in this chart, they probably wouldn't be there. Okay. But I'm going to go for the not-so-bleeding obvious for yep. my three good. Fair enough. Three bad. My third bad is actually a good song. Now, I don't know whether there's another version of this, but this is possibly the worst arranged song I've ever heard while listening to songs. It's yeah. just a terribly put together – it's a film clip, and I'm assuming that's the clip for this song. There might be another version, but this was so all over the place. It was so badly – because there's a lot of moving parts to this song. It's Resurrection Shuffle by Ashton Gardner and Dyke. Oh. Now, it's a good song. Yes. But this was a mess. I'm sorry. Musically, this was a mess. I want – I need Brian and you to listen to it more musically in tune than me, but I've got the single in the shed. The shed, the singles in the shed. It's not on your turntable. No. I don't care what you do in your shed, Kevin. That's <laughs> that's, up, that's up to you and your God. But <laughs> Thank you. That's a pretty small hole in the record, unless you got one of those old ones. Oh, anyway. oh, right. That's between you and your maker. But the fact is, that is a really cacophonous sound for what is a good song. Okay. I'll put it in. Okay. I mean, look, I could replace that if you want because I don't mind the song. No, 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 no. I think I did. Um... It, with my, it was a dead heat anyhow. For another song that's not terrible with the worst, I don't know what instrument they used in, in this music. Like, don't, don't, don't take the piss out of me, Tim Tim, this toast and marmalade <laughs> for tea. Yeah. Because the backing, I don't know what instrument that is. What is it? A something get out of a show bag? It was really weird. The backing. <laughs> it's not a proper. It's not a proper musical instrument. It's like a. It's like a thirty cent kazoo from a. Yeah, a I think it is a kazoo. From a comic book. Don't don't, <laughs> don't f around with me, Tim Tim. I'm, I'm I'm on a serious program. Yeah. <laughs> My number three good. Is look, I love the Doors, and this is really one of their best songs. Love her madly. Yes, now, yep. it's a seriously, it's a seriously hardcore song. This is this is not fucking around. Tin Tin, you should be you should have a look at if you want to take music seriously. Look at Love Her Madly because you know Jimmy Morrison wasn't around for long, but. I reckon he made a few girls quiver quiver when he sang this one. So I love it madly at number three, good. Very good. Very good indeed. Righto, uh, Mr. Mannix. Well, it took me a long time to find a bad one. Um, and even this one, I don't – when I first started listening to it, I thought, well, you know, that's pretty sort of 60s pop and stuff. And I think the problem with this chart is – a lot of the daggier songs, I listen to them and I think, oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino could use this in a movie while somebody's getting shot or something. <laughs> so that made a lot of the daggy songs pretty cool to me. Um, but – and I, I don't – I think a small dose of this song, like probably one minute of it is okay, 
But any more than a minute, it just starts to become pretty goddamn tedious. Tedious, and it's me and my arrow. Oh, by- Nilsson. Yeah, look, it's 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 a poor man Beatles song, but it um, it just starts to annoy after about a minute and a half. But you know, in any other week, it you know, in some of the weeks we've had shit songs, I'd probably put it in the top three. But it's this is a great chart, and so something has to go into the bad, and that's one of the weaker ones on the chart as I see it. So, thing. Yep. yep. Now. This, that my number three good, well, will upset the woke generation um, and the woke cultists and all that because even the Rolling Stones won't play it anymore because it's about slavery. It's a fictional story about Gold Coast slavers bound for New Orleans. The girls are sold in the market or down in New Orleans and, you know, at night these slave owners are whipping the women. Well, okay, that's I don't see what's offensive about that. It's probably factually pretty accurate, and it's it's a story. So go f- yourselves, woke generation <laughs> that thinks brown sugar is thing. Go over to Bruce Matheson's house and um, enjoy yourselves by f***ing each other. Yep. And, yeah, all right. So that's my t- uh, uh, three. Okay. Now, I've taken a different tact on this. I've gone for triple, 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 triple plays, 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 mm. plays, plays. So I've got to to start, uh, my number three is uh, Aussie triple plays in this. The good one, the the bad one first, sorry. The bad one first, the Aussie triple play is Butterfly by Matt Flinders. (laughs) Followed by Love is a Beautiful Song by Dave Mills. (laughs) Followed by Daddy Cool's Drummond or Drummond's Mm. Daddy Cool. So there's my Aussie triple play of shit. My Aussie triple play of good ones on this, and I've left a really good Australian song out of this Aussie triple play, but the Aussie triple play of good ones, Seasons of Change by Blackfeather. Oh. Mm. Can You Feel It by Sherbet? Love is a fa- Great song. An Eagle You're Rock an by idiot. Daddy Cool. What do you mean I'm an idiot? For putting no, Sherbet in. Oh, that is a piece of shit. That you no. I, I marginally just had it ahead of Sweet Sweet Love by Russell. I have it marginally below. Yeah, well, dead, you know, but in the, skunk in the middle of the in, road and red back on the toilet. In the in the uh, in the triple play, where if you if you started with seasons of change and then went into can you feel and then went into daddy cool, I'm telling you, you've got a great little triple 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 play there. We'll talk more about can you feel it, baby. Later. Ah, will we? All right. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about that. Well, let's go to Finey's number uh, two now, Monsieur Fan. I thought that I listened to Brian talk about his number three bad, mm-hmm. me and my arrow, mm. and you pulled your punctures, Brian. <laughs> that is one shocking song. I'll, I'll give I'll give Nielsen, and may, may I say Nielsen is very much like Larry Donahue. Larry Donahue had one good season, then then. <laughs> Knows what the, he did with the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson had one or two good songs, and the rest of it are terrible. That means my arrow. Look, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna warble crap for two and a half minutes, I'll give him the credit. It sort of takes you by surprise, takes your breath away. There's not a single note before he starts. Me and my arrow, like it actually starts. Me and my arrow. I think, oh, we've started, have we? 
<laughs> no prelude. You know that song I counted? I went to the lyrics. That song is 24 lines long, of which 14 of them are me and my arrow. Oh. Yeah, it's it's. It, look, so if you, you know, don't like if you don't like the first me and my arrow, which is just me and my arrow, you know, it's just really pathetic. Don't worry, you got thirteen more chances to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so enough. that's my number two bad. Yep. Number two good. Now, all right, I told you. Look, this is not Black Knight. Or even Eagle Rock. I mean, there's some classics in this album, in this chart. So I've gone a little bit off Broadway. Yep. Now, when I brought this up, I was actually, again, it's one of those ones where I thought I'll listen to it for my bad list because I didn't know it because there were so many good ones I knew. I thought I'll listen to a few. But then as soon as I heard it, I knew it instantaneously. And actually, for the time, just for, the, for, for a moment in time, I think this is a really nice song. So I've gone for Hamilton, Joe Frank and oh. Reynolds, Don't Pull Your Love. Yep, good song. Yeah. Now, I, I, don't think it's advice from I don't think it's a good advice. <laughs> I think it should be sung by a girl. Yeah, good, thanks, I don't, think, it, I don't think it's good advice because I love to get it. get pregnant. Because I love a good old-fashioned. Yeah. So I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't – I'm not saying Don't Pull Your Love is something I would – Say it's good advice, but it's a good song. Don't put your love out on me, baby. Uh, song that Elvis could have sung. Don't put your love out on me, baby. Yeah, good song. No, really good song. Nice song, so, isn't it? Never did, I can't never did can, anything else. Can you sing it, Brian? Well, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, it shows the lengths a girl will go to to have a family, and I, I think it's beautiful in that respect. But don't put your love out on me, baby. If you do, it'll drive me crazy. So stick your love back in. Get that out. Let's get a little baby. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm loving it. That's how it goes, isn't it? No. Started out all right. Yeah. it's the, your, your first line in the bit was good. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, good choice. Uh, very good choice there, uh, Mr. Fine. Uh, I was really like that song. Another song I was I improving it. Yeah, no, of course. I knew that, Brian. Now, give us Thank your number you. twos. <laughs> my number twos. Yeah. Um, my number two, bad. It should give you an indication. Oh, no. Uh, yes. A little piece of peace. Oh. Look, it's pretty damn good, actually. The guitar playing is really good. Um, the idea, look, I, I like the singing. The singing's good. Digby's good. I, ha- I had to find something that's bad, and I just thought, the poetry of it was a little bit ham-fisted, um, you know. It was just too 14-year-old girl poetry stuff, um, you know. Like I, I like the sentiment, but I just thought it was a bit portrayed a little bit too obviously lyrically. It could have been a bit more obtuse and let the audience work out what he was saying a little bit more, you know. Um, like, you know, get, it would have been a sort of crowded house obscurity there, like you know what they're talking about, but you just don't say everything exactly unless it's, you know, one of my songs. Yeah, right, eh? All right. <laughs> Makes sense. And number two, good. Oh, you just pick a number, really. Um, I'm going to go with uh, um, 
Oh, geez, there's so many good ones. Um, I'm going to say, oh, look, let's go. Just a shit, Kev. I want to go for LA International Airport. No, you can't put that in your good. Which I can, and I am. Oh, seriously. Well, I was learning guitar when this came out. I just started in LA International, so I'm listening to all music. You know, like, finally spoke about that time where it's like, right, you're right into music, you got it. And you could tend to like everything from that particular year or two, and this is that year for me. So, LA International Airport. Oh, you're right, eh? Where the big jet engine. Oh, you don't muck around with the lyrics of that and turn into some smutty little ditty. LA International Airport. Let's have a sturdy route <clears throat> on the tarmac. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You didn't disappoint. Right. Thank you. <laughs> right, and my next. Hey, hey Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Just a question. Were you flying a Jetstar jet from Bali to Australia this couple of days ago, yesterday? Um, I'd like to know where you got this information from and who told you. Um, this is not something I wanted to discuss on the show. Did you hear about the Jetstar pilot that's been stood down for being caught with drugs in his carry-on luggage? No. Wow. Well, drug residue or something. something oh. Like What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want this guy getting anxiety while he's flying. Yeah, plane. right. Have, Bit have, of medicinal marijuana. Have a couple of cones. Just chill out. Just medicinal? Open the windows a bit. Just hope to wind down the windows a little bit so the smoke goes out of the cockpit and you're good to go. Yeah, but he shouldn't have kept going down and knocking off the passengers' peanuts because you get the munchies. That I think that might well, have alerted to it. That was the problem, as, yep. as I understand it. There yep. was no nuts left. Exactly. Um, now, my next uh, triple, 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 play, 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 play. Uh, three songs that I'm not going to be bothered if I don't hear again. I'm not saying I hate them but I won't be bothered if I don't ever hear these three songs again. So they're in my bad pile. That's Double Barrel by David Ansel Collins, which has got the worst intro of any song you've ever heard. Uh, Lady Rose by Mungo Jerry, which is just annoying. It's not awful. It's just annoying. And the uh, previously mentioned Banner Man by Blue Mink. It wouldn't bother me if I didn't hear them again. So they've been assigned over there. In the pretty bloody good, uh, but not quite in the top three, I have a couple of songs that have already been mentioned. Lover Madly by The Doors, which is just a great song. Resurrection Shuffle by Ashton Gardner and Dyke. And uh, the final of those three bloody good songs, but not quite there. Um, I've subbed one out and put another one in because I, I didn't I, – I missed – don't know how I missed Hot Love by T-Rex, but that, uh, that's got to be in there ahead of the other one I had in there. So that that's my little – Triple play of ones that are bloody good but not quite great. Hot Love, Resurrection Shuffle and Love Her Madly. I think Get It On's in this chart too, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it I is. miss Get It On as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is too. Jesus, I miss that as well. But, oh, I love T-Rex. Uh, righto. Uh, we've got Resurrection <coughs> Shuffle and Me and My Arrow uh, from Farney uh, and Love Her Madly and Don't Pull Your Love in His Good Pile. So what is number one? Let us find out. Number one in the bad pile. Once again, Brian, you pulled your punctures. <laughs> Are you going, Digby? A little piece of piss. <laughs> uh, 
So I, I don't know Digby Richard. So I just watched this film clip and I see this coming out of the shadows, this Ross Brewer lookalike. Yeah, he, he does, yes. He does. Sits down on a chair and proceeds to bore me for the next two and a half minutes with the most forgettable song in in a chart full of memorable songs. I mean, I would say that Digby Richards, apart from holding a place in Kevin's heart, should go over to Bruce Ma- Bruce Matheson's joint and go f- himself. No, no, I've I, I got nothing against Digby. I just think, I just think he's. You know, if there was a party, if there was, let's just say that there was a function, right, and every artist on that chart was invited to the function, Digby Richards, you know, he would be, he'd be the guy holding the door open for everybody else to have a kiss because he he would not really belong at that party, would he? No. It's a well, it's well described, Fanny. It's very good. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you doing here? Who, who in, like everybody would be throwing their car keys at him to go valet park their car. <laughs> Can you get me a drink, mate? Yeah, or, correct. Or Digby. Yeah. He passed yeah. away in 1983. He hasn't been with us for a long time now, but anyway. Well, that's why we can be, feel safe bagging him. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the 40th anniversary of his passing. Yeah, right. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> we should make a Digby <laughs> Richards tribute show uh, in the Deathalyzer next week yeah, we well, did miss it. You could do the you could play his, his other hit big hit, do the spunky monkey. Oh, you did do the spunky monkey. That was Dick. Was that it? Oh no. After, 1973, after I monkey, after watching Monkey Rapes Frog on YouTube, yeah. you've all seen it. Oh well, you haven't kept, but Finey's seen it, and I'm sure most of our listeners have bothered to get into YouTube and check out Monkey Rapes Frog. Oh, yeah, all or, right. God, so the Spunky Monkey, that, that that song takes on a whole new, well, you a could, whole new thing. Well, you now. could quite easily use it as a soundtrack for your entire uh, collection of videos on your uh, on your phone, Brian. I'm a happy monkey. Yeah, kid. I thought, thought so. Um, and your number one good, Finey? I have stated on this program before how much I love this song and I continue to love this song. Songs do not have to have great gravitas. Songs do not have to change the world. Some songs can just be nice, really nice, really rhythmical, nice and fun and cool and retro cool and cute. And this song got got the turbo boost of being a scene in a famous movie called Crooklyn, and that scene is one of the cutest scenes you'll ever see in your life. So for people who've not seen it, type in Crooklyn, C-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N, I woke up in love this morning. Now, that is just, to me, I don't care if it was on the Partridge family. Yeah. I don't care if it was part of a TV show. I don't care if they're half a real band and not a band and whatever they are, they are, they are. But that is a really nice – I really like I Woke Up In Love This Morning. It's short, sweet, and pure 70s fun. But it also – Pure 70s fun. I think lyrically it's pretty cool. Um, You know, and I think the second verse starts, two o'clock, wondering what I'm doing here alone without (laughs) you. So I close my eyes and dream you here to me. You know, but that 
you know, like he can't sleep because he's thinking about it so much. He's tossing and turning in the bed. Oh, she's great. And and I think that lyrically the verses really capture that feeling that, you know, like, oh, shit, this girl's great. No, I can't sleep there. And but, but it's made for it at a time when songs were sung, you see. So you've got the lead singer, David Cassidy, singing that, you know, as a heartthrob, two oh. o'clock. And the, but then you've got the whole family singing the chorus, which really works well. It's uplifting yeah. and it's fun. Yeah, look, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a great song. So and, in, the, um, in this in this movie, Crooklyn, you've got so it's African Americans. It's a whole story of growing up in Brooklyn. These black kids, and they're really it's really fun and and interesting. And they're all upstairs. There's a whole group of them, but they're all aged between maybe twelve and eight. And they're watching the Partridge family, and they're not really supposed to be watching TV. Mm-hmm. And when this <laughs> song comes on, the whole five of them start singing, I woke up this. But the two older boys, who are both like 12 and 13, they sing, I woke up in pee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and then the mother from downstairs is, can I hear the television? Is the television on? Can I hear the television? So they turn it down, but then they all whisper sing the chorus. I woke up in love. It's very cute. Uh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, a surprise choice, but uh, a very good choice. There you go. Righto, Max. Max, okay. Well, I'll I said Manix. Manix. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Max. My number like Maxwell Smart. <clears throat> okay, I'm, okay I'm, Max. I'm, I'm glad Finey uh, picked. I think I love you, and and you know I hope somebody picks get it on, but um, nah. because it deserves to be in there. But um, I'm going to go for Cat Stevens, father and son. Is this I bad think. or good? This is good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, look, you know, it could have been Get It On, it could have been Love Her Madly, it could have been Brown Sugar, it could have been, there's 15, 16 songs it could have been. But I think Father and Son, it's, it's, I like the storytelling in it, I like the guitar work in it, I learnt it about this time, you know, like when I was at guitar lessons and learning to play this. So it's got a special place in my heart and it was the first piece that the guitar solo in the middle goes down 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 but we had to learn it by reading music so it was the first piece of music that i ever read um it took me about three hours to work out something that i could have done with my ears in 10 seconds but anyway um so that's number one good and now number one bad is it, it is sherbet kid um because oh, you feel it baby can you feel it what? baby Oh, can you feel it, baby? Well, you're grinding it into me, I tell you what. Um, of course I can feel it. I just don't like it. You're anti-Daryl uh, Braithwaite. You've got a problem. I don't. I love Daryl. Daryl's yeah, great. you got a problem. Is, he doesn't even sound like Daryl on this one. What the hell is going on at the start of the thing? It's all phased. Got- it's all phased. Oh, oh I know. Love is the fire. It turns you on. It burns you up. What, are they doing a musical or are they, you know, if you want to go It was 1971, to- Brian. They were phasing shit and doing that stuff. Yeah, but you do it at the end of the song. Why? You know, 
because that's the way Real Thing did it. That's the way the Beatles do it. So they did it's it, didn't just, they? Broke out of the shackles. It was. It sounded like musical theatre. It was rubbish. And then the song starts, and Daryl doesn't even sound like Daryl. And no, they hadn't hit their songwriting straps at this point by any stretch of the imagination. This is a pretty mediocre song, and and the pretense to try and make it cool psychedelic and then follow it up with what happens, which has got nothing to do with the original, the bit at the start. I guess they just started smoking weed when they thought this was a good idea. Oh, but yeah, no, well, you're talking about Sherbert. They wouldn't have done that. Oh, bullshit. Daryl was a surfy, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he'd be a bonghead for sure. But our mate Tony Mitchell, <laughs> our mate Tony Mitchell wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I reckon he would. I don't know. I don't know whether they'd admit it out loud, but I reckon for sure they'd be all having a bit of a puff on the weed. And I think on this particular day they got some extra really good weed off a bikey called Animal and they had it. And <laughs> that right. And it blew their mind off. Yeah. Well, see, then that's, yeah, that's why they put some phase on the start. Yeah. It's rubbish. No, I expect better from Sherbet and this. Oh, gee, you don't want to listen to it. It's just awful. Right. Okay. I that actually I was reminded clear. me of something. Mm. What? Season, seasons have changed is disqualified from being a good song. Why is that? Because it broke the golden rule. I told you, you're not allowed to have school children in songs. Well, the real oh. thing had school children. Correct. Ruined it. Pink Floyd ruined it. Oh, yeah, but that was a, the Pink Floyd song was a shitty song before they put kids on it. G'day, g'day, with Slim Dusty. Have kids ruined on it? Yeah, at the end. G'day, g'day. Remember the days in the old schoolyard? Ah, oh, the bit at the end, I, that no, it shits me, that bit. What about, hang on, what about Schools Out? Is it Schools Out by Alice Cooper where at the end he goes, who? Oh, uh, uh, Department of Youth. No, Department of Youth, that's it, yeah, where he goes, who, who taught you? Who husband. What? <laughs> I still love that. Who? I still turn that up when it when you play that on the radio. The the level that he had that at when it, it was done was really low, and you used to have to push the bejesus out and wait for all the limiters and that to come in to suck it up, so as people could hear Donny Osmond. Who? What? Yeah, that that was a big hook for me. Yeah, it was you good. Know, it's like you, you got to listen to the end to when he says Donny Osmond because yeah. that was. Now, to mention another artist in your song was pretty unusual. My, uh, my, there were no, there were no kids laughing or giggling on "I Don't Like Mondays." No, there weren't. <laughs> Good point, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> uh, now, my triple play to finish off my number one triple play uh, comes two categories. Let's go with the killer. These are the killer. This is the killer triple play out of September right. 1971 at 2SM. This would have been if they'd done triple plays in 1971, which they didn't. Um, that didn't come in until later. This would have been the triple play to absolutely kill all triple plays. Won't Get okay. Fooled Again by The Who, Black Knight by Deep Purple, and Brown Sugar by The Rolling Stones. Kick oh. ass rock and roll. Thank right. you. Go, Kev. Drop the mic. There Where? you go. So that's the killer ones. And then the other category in the bad side is the kill me ones. Play these bloody things when I'm dead again because I don't want to ever hear them again. And they are Toast and Marmalade for Tea by Tintin. It's actually an Thank Aussie. You. 
It's actually Stephen Kipner who and Steve Groves. Steve Kipner wrote so many big hit songs. And uh, this was a big hit, but, oh, God, it's awful. I did what I did for Maria by Tony Christie. Oh, bez off, Tony. And L.A. International Airport by Susan Ray. They're in the kill me pile. Yeah, poor old Susie Ray. Poor old Susie Ray made a fortune, I think, out of LA International Airport. She was a top bird. She was, uh, that was it. She didn't do anything else. And that was such a dreary piece of shit. Um, You know what? You know what? You know what? No, I'd like to see you fly into LA and get arrested (laughs) as you came off the plane. (laughs) Well, why would that be? For your merciless attack on the LA, LAX. <laughs> uh, LAX frightened the bejesus out of me the first time I went to it because I got in one of those shuttle, you know, the, the people that pick you up to take you to your airport, the shuttle buses? Yeah. And you know how you get in and then and if they're not full, they won't leave the airport. They just keep doing laps till, yeah, they, yeah. till they fill up. This bloke, I reckon, uh, Fangio was his middle name, I reckon, and he decided that... Uh, he had two seats to fill and he was going to do laps, but he was going to do them uh, a la Le Mans style. <laughs> and I'd never been to LA before and I was, you know, jet lagged and all the things that come with landing. And I just, and then I jump in this shuttle bus thing. Oh, great. Oh, going to Disneyland, going to Anaheim. That's fantastic. And I, I was on a ride that was faster and scarier than any ride I went on in the next three weeks I was in America. God, he frightened the shit out of me. Can I let you into a secret? Yes. I reckon I've been to LA International Airport or LA Airport. I reckon I've been there somewhere between eight and ten times. Yeah, I probably have too. And I've never been to LA. What? I've never been to LA. What, you fly in there and fly out somewhere else? Well, it's where it's. I go through there when we go to New York. Right. I've been in New York many times, and I actually worked in San Francisco for four months. Yeah, but hang on. What do you mean you've never been to L.A.? You must have actually physically been in L.A. at some stage. Only at the airport. You didn't go You didn't go into... Never been out, out of the airport. You've never been out of the airport in L.A.? No. Jesus. Never, never been. And I've been to so many cities in, in America. I've been to 30 different cities, 40. But never LA, and I and I lived in, and I lived in California for four, four or five months. Wow! And I lived in San Diego. Uh, I'm not I'm not that big a rap for LA, but I did. I, I must admit, you know, going walking around the the Hollywood Walk of Fame and all that sort of stuff, I did find that in, uh, that was a thrill because I'd seen it. So I mean, I'd, I'd go to LA. I'd, I'd like to have go. You there. To, like have, to... have you been to Anaheim? No. Oh. I know. No, I have. I've been to Disneyland. Yeah, I was going to give a hat to. Yeah, no, I have. I've been to Disney. So maybe I have been to LA. Yeah, you must have. You can't. I must have been. You've got. I must been, have been there for a night. You have to get out of the airport and drive down to Anaheim. You have to yeah, do that. I must have. Yeah, that's true. But I've never stayed in LA. I don't think. Oh wow. Oh, you know. Well, that's the thing about LA. You get in there, see what you need to see. And then get out. Four days is probably enough. Did you what what city in America do you like the most in your dealings that you've been there, Brian? Um, I love New York. Vegas, not in um, July or August when I was there, it was way too hot. Um, I I, I really enjoyed Memphis. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Yeah, I love Memphis. 
New Orleans was good. I think Love if I New went, Orleans. I think if I went back next time, um, I'd probably go to I don't know Florida and Georgia and Alabama and um, it's really hot. Miami. I went to I went to Florida um, to Disney World over there. It's really hot, really I've sticky. Been right, I've been right through Alabama. I've been through Savannah. Is a great city. Yeah, great Savannah. Town. Georgia's good. Georgia. Yeah. I've been to Mobile, Alabama, Birmingham. You've been Alabama. to Texas. Uh, no, that'd be good. No, to go. I haven't. San Antonio is beautiful. I love I'm San not Antonio. I've been to Texas, but yeah. I've been to I've been to Maine. Oh, okay. Which is a state, but I've been to a few places yeah. in Maine. Been to Maryland. I've been to Boston a bit. Oh, right. Philadelphia, DC. Washington. Yeah, would do. I, I thought Washington was a dump. Florida, a few places in Florida. Um, had a great time in Philadelphia. Love no, Philadelphia. I didn't get it's, it's, it's about being there with people you know. You yeah, know. of course. I mean, the for, us, New York, for us New York family, so we spend a lot of time in New York, a lot of time in New Jersey, which is just great fun. Yep. I mean, if you if you know people and you're going to, you know, restaurants and bars in New Jersey where Everybody sort of knows who you're with. It's like it's hilarious. It's just great. It's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I never got to New York. Never. You never been to New York? No, no. Didn't didn't get got as far. Well, went to Florida uh, down to uh, Miami, uh, Miami and Florida, and then went to. Um, Would you uh, like to go there? To New York? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind. I mean, it's good. According to my missus, we've been there a lot. She was there just recently. It has gone downhill again. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a pity. Yeah. That's a pity. It's because of what they've had. They reckon by the end of the year they'll have had 7.5 million illegal immigrants just have wandered over the border since Biden got in. And the, yeah, there's homeless all over the joint and there's shit all over the streets, I'm told, um, and crime's out of control. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think I'd be get, wanting to go to anywhere in America at the moment. I like San Diego too. San Diego is a beautiful city. Yeah, that's where I was. Yeah, good city. Right, right on the border. Right on the border with Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. No, very well, nice. Well, you just go to Mexico and you don't need your passports. Once you get to Mexico, you just walk across the border. You're good to go. Cheers. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, that's it. Then we're done, boys. We're done. We're done. We're done. Done again. We landed this uh, this sucker uh, for another week, so there you go. Well, oh, good for us. Uh, a, a good week, hopefully, coming up for you at uh, Lenny's Fine Foods there in North Caulfield, uh, Farney. Enjoy. Please fit for a king's birthday. That's weird, isn't it? King's yeah. birthday. A king's birthday weekend coming up. Yes, lovely. And are uh, you gigging this weekend, Brian? Yes, I'll be leaving Kingsland to come to Melbourne uh, I don't know, Friday or Saturday, I guess. Um, where yeah, where are you playing? I want, to, I want to come watch you play. I'm playing at Music Land. Where's that? Well, don't, is... make up, don't make up names. <laughs> no, I'm not if you don't want Fanny to go, just tell him. Yeah. It's at Music Land. It's sort of, I don't know where it is. It's sort of. It's the funkiest kingdom of them all. Sort of, I don't know. Um, if you put it on the internet, it'll, it'll tell you where it's a. It's sort of near the Hume, start of the Hume Highway, I think. 
Oh, okay. I think it shares a border with sexy land, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a sexy land just by. It, it goes it goes music land, sexy land, uh drug land. What's after drug what's after drug land, Brian? Oh nothing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um Oh, uh, that's right. Um arrested land. That's the one the next one. Police station. You're yeah, in jail you're in jail land. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have a lovely, lovely weekend, boys, and uh, we shall talk uh, after the uh, the big weekend of uh, footy that's coming up that starts Thursday and goes through till Monday. Whew. Lovely. Uh, good luck, goodbye, and farewell. Good riddance. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't say that. You did. See you, boys. Bye-bye. So uncouth. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.